welcome to You Love to See It, the podcast where we watch TV shows and movies and sometimes commercials and video clips and everything else because we're rebels and tell you all about them. I'm your host for the day, Fernanda, magnificent cunt, Prach is also my nickname in college, and I'm joined <laughs> by my amazing, beautiful, spectacular intelligent, all the good things in the world, co-hosts, LB, Steve O'Hunk Tears. Hello, LB. Hi. Hello. And this... Or is it me? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ooh, intrigue. Um, and Danielle, follow the ring, Riandu. Hi. Hello. My The alternative was put your mask on. So, yeah. Still work. All, all, of, them, all of them work, I think. I think this movie gave us... A lot of possibilities. And since we're getting into it, in case you haven't figured it out already, no, we're not talking about Jackass. Though I do feel like this could also <laughs> hardly work, our nicknames for that. We are talking about Inside Man. My name is Dalton Russell. Pay strict attention to what I say because I choose my words carefully and I never repeat myself. Recently, I planned and set in motion events to execute the perfect bank robbery. Because I can. Are you the hostage negotiator? That's right, Detective Frazier. This is Detective Mitchell. What do you got? Put on one of these suits and these masks. We gotta step back and look at this thing from a distance. Things are not all they appear to be. Your Honor, you know about this hostage situation. What's it to do with you? Well, I need to be assured that certain interests are protected. Just let everybody stay calm, okay? Don't I sound calm to you? Yes, you do. Look, Detective, there are matters at stake here that are a little bit above your pay grade. Why don't you just tell the mayor to raise my pay grade to the right level and problem solved? Denzel Washington. Whoever heard of bank robbers escaping on a plane with 50 hostages? I think you're stalling. Why? I don't know. Clive Owen. When I said that I planned the perfect bank robbery, I meant precisely that. And Jodie Foster. I can change your entire program, so the sooner that you stop being my problem, the better off you'll be. What are you doing? Come on, this ain't no bank robbery. Inside Man. It's a 2006 American heist thriller film directed by Spike Lee and written by Russell Gerwitz. I don't, I'm, I'm bad at names. It centers on an elaborate bank heist on Wall Street over a 24-hour period. The film stars Denzel Washington as Detective Keith Frazier, the NYPD's hostage negotiator, Clive Owen as Dalton Russell, the mastermind who orchestrates the heist, and Jodie Foster as Madeline White, a man Manhattan power broker who becomes involved at the request of the bank's founder, Arthur Case, Christopher Plummer, to keep something in his safe deposit box protected from the robber. It's kind of a long description, but I do feel like it gets it, it all. captures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of captures the, the whole the whole the whole scene. Uh, I guess we'll start with the first scene, our first segment, in which we uh, ask among ourselves. What's our experience with the movie? What was our first contact with the piece at hand? And I will start with LB. LB, what is your relationship toward Inside Man? I have seen this movie like in bits and pieces a lot of times um, Mm -hmm. because basically anytime there's a heist movie on TV, um, (laughs) my spouse Robbie is going to watch any part of it. Um, So I think I'd seen it all the way through once. Mm -hmm. And... 
yeah, other than that. So I actually watched this again last night with no memory of like how they pull it, how like of how they pulled it off, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Which is great. Like I remembered the the Nazi stuff, um, and like the good performances, and I and mostly just like I had it have it in my head as like a really good example of like mid of like what actual neo noir should look like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's my that that's my history. For all of our listeners, you'll love to steal it, which is our theme this month, was LB's forceful suggestion uh, <laughs> to, to the team. Put on the mask! Get the fuck down! We're doing you love to steal it this, week, this month! Get your face on the floor and point it towards the screen where people are stealing shit! <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of kind of it. And I think that's great because I I should that's rude as the host. I should go to Danielle, but since I'm talking already and uh <laughs> I was in today, so this will be chaotic. I will just it's go great. ahead and say that it's such a good movie and I had no relationship toward it. I didn't I had heard of it basically. I do feel like I have a Denzel sort of uh blind spot because only because he was in everything for a good like eight years so it all just like melts together in my mind i have a tough time telling the denzel movies apart from like 2000 to 2008 so that'll be my defense and thanks to lb i got to watch this one and we'll talk about it we'll get into it and i truly uh truly loved it actually it's very early aughts but I think it still holds up and it's pretty cool. And Danielle, what is your what is your relationship with it? Oh, yeah. So I've seen this once before. And it was definitely mm. at my parents' house. You know, DVD player, probably not too, too, too long after it came out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, within maybe a year or two after it coming out on DVD. You know, because this is the mm-hmm. time frame we're looking at here. Not that I don't also watch DVDs at my parents' house whenever I go there now. Still, because we do. There's a lot of DVDs in that house. They are, you know, they're boomers. And <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. That's a good thing about having parents who moved overseas. They couldn't take the DVDs. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, so they're missing all those, like, 90s and 2000s movies. That There's, like, 400 of them. Because DVDs were, like, fairly decently priced. And, like, if you yep. like movies, and that's a lot of people, it was, like, a pretty, you know, inexpensive thing to, to get as, like, a little treat for yourself. So... Yeah, and I remember liking it a lot and thinking, wow, this is like a really coherent thriller. And this is like, this came out when I was graduating from college and going right into film school, like going right into Mm -hmm. grad school for film. So I was probably really insufferable uh, when I first watched this movie. And I hope (laughs) I'm less insufferable at this point. Uh, But I loved it then. I was a little bit cooler on it, watching it last night. But I think that's just some of my feelings towards police have changed and some of my feelings towards, um, like, you know, this is a very, 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 very 2006 movie. Uh, and there are some elements of it that I think are slightly self-indulgent, but I also, I do still genuinely like this movie and think it is a very, very well constructed thriller heist, uh, type of film that also, also in a good way on the second viewing, of course, because it's happening in New York, I get more excited about Mm -hmm. movies that happen in New York now because I live here and I get excited about like, Oh shit, that's Coney Island. Oh, look at that. You know? So uh, that's only from the very, very beginning. The movie does not take place in Coney Island. There's just like a shot at the beginning. That's like, Oh, that's Coney Mm -hmm. Island. And I got excited. (laughs) 
so yes, my very long answer is I probably liked it a little more the first time I saw it, but I still think it's a very strongly put together piece of filmmaking. Yeah, I think for all, and we talk about this a lot, right? When we go back to these movies, like some words, some terms, even if in this case, uh, when, you know, there's obviously a lot of racism being addressed, it's yeah. in a critical way. It's yes. not, yeah. but still, I feel like are at this point in time, some words just land heavy <laughs> on screen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> supposed yeah. to. Yeah, absolutely. And like, maybe yeah, they did the land heavy here. back then. And I, I was think just... they landed heavy back then. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, it's Spike Lee and like. you right. Right. Yeah. Um. Even if it isn't like I see the the I see weird criticism of this movie a lot. We're like, well, this doesn't really feel like a Spike Lee movie, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah, I- like I get it. I get like I know there's like so there's certain very Spike Lee aesthetics, but and like points of view. But I think this. I mean, part of it is that I've seen this a lot of times, mm-hmm. um, at least in bits and pieces. That the more I watch it, the more political it feels actually, and the more anti-cop it feels. Yeah, um, because I'm not. Because I'm not like I'm I'm less engaged with like the story element, so I can like really focus on these like details yeah. of like how well they establish early on that every single cop in this movie is a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. They and, like, do that for the uniform police, a hundred percent. They do that with every single person in this movie. They do it with Denz. They do it with a de- well. They do it with Denzel absolutely do. in the very beginning. Um, and we can talk about the very beginning. And I'm going to be yeah. like, I'm going to be pretty hard on this. Let's get into the movie, and I will, and I will try to change your mind. And, okay. Because I did not feel this way about it before I saw yeah. it last night, and I watched it last night, and I was like, holy shit! If this movie had come out ten years later, um, and been slightly d- done a few things slightly differently done, just because it would come would have come out ten years later, people would talk about it a lot more, and it would not be like a seventy percent or seventy five percent on Metacritic. That right. that I thought was really weird. This we'll, we'll get into it. Let's yeah. let's kind of set the scene. We always start uh, chronologically, and then uh, the host inevitably loses control of the situation, and that will happen today. Uh, but let's pretend we have some structure. And the movie starts with just this close-up shot of Clive Owen, which I have no problems with. I like Clive Owen's face, even though I do think he looks like a psychopath. Always has, always will. And he's introducing us to what's about to happen. And he talks about who he is and the whens and the whys and whatever else, but not the how. And therein, as the bard said, lies the rub. And... <laughs> From that, we we know he's in a small room, which does not equal a cell, and that he there's been a robbery. But we don't really know how it all happened, which is good, because that would ruin the rest of the movie. And then we cut to several New Yorky New Yorkinesses, several scenes yep. of things. <laughs> terrible <exactly>. accents! <laughs> terrible, 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 terrible accents. There's like three out of the like 15 that are even close to actual New York accents. Yeah, the, the lady, so let's see, so we have the shots of the city and everything else, and then we are in the bank, right, yep. where we know the action is about to happen, and there is an insufferable lady in her cell phone imposing her presence on people because apparently people believe they own public spaces and she has a very thick accent. So you're telling me that is not a realistic accent. I, like, okay. She's doing like the Fran Drescher nanny, basically. Yeah. Like all the way, <laughs> like all the way. And like, yes, of course there are people who have thick, like 
That's more mm-hmm. of a New Jersey than a New York, to be honest. But like, yeah. that's also or a Long might, Island. My dad, like my dad, yeah. my dad when he gets drunk talks like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not yeah. in yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Or if he's like watching a if he's watching a baseball game, my dad talks like that. Yeah, I, okay. it's. I just feel like the it sounds to me, and this is just because I live here, but it sounds to me like Hollywood actors putting on New York accents than it does sound like New Yorkers. I mean, very possibly. Paul Paul says one hundred percent. Paul's yeah. the only one from New York, so I will, yeah. I, will I will take his word because it all kind of like the fake ones and the real ones all sound the same to me. Because I I talk like this, so obviously I do not have like a very uh, authentic perspective on what New York sounds like. It all sounds mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. I mean, I grew um, up with a New England accent, which is very close. It's very closely related. It's just a little bit more nasally, weirdly. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. But yeah, it's... Uh, I also asked Vicky to make sure, because Vicky grew up here as well. So I was like, all right, okay. you got to check me on this. Like, I need to know. Is this as bad as I think it is? And they were like, yeah, it's pretty bad. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I will have to take your word. It's funny, because growing up, I had in my mind that like New York accent was kind of like a neutral one. And then obviously that changed. Uh, or like the mid-Atlantic accent, which was a thing in like mm. movies in the 40s and 50s, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul says that uh, the Chiwetel and Chiwetel had like a 1920s gangster accent taken yep. in New York accent. Yep, 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 yep. I mean, he's Absolutely. British, right? Oh, and watching him was so terrible for me because I just yeah. saw this super bad movie with him from my MMA story. Oh no! Uh, called Red Belt, and uh, I kept calling him Mike Terry because that's the name of his character, his and just character. like waiting for bad things to happen to him because that's everything with Red Belt. But I digress. So we're we're at the bank, and the cell phone lady is terribly annoying, but that becomes a minor problem for everybody present because a heist is about to ensue. And I love that about this because it just cuts right through it. We have like very little wasted time getting to the business, which is what we're here to do. There's a a cop around, a beat cop. He noticed that some stuff is calling it, is is happening. He hears, he sees one of the, the bank robbers and they tell him that they have hostages and they, uh, he notifies, starts notifying people, kind of blocking the area, telling people that there is some stuff going on. And then we have our first Denzel appearance. I'm going to try my best to not call him Denzel the entire movie, but Denzel is Denzel. Like, we don't, yeah. yeah. I guess it's Keith Frazier. Frazier. Keith Frazier. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, no, it's, you know, it's just, yeah. that's beneath yeah, him. Yeah, but Denzel's like, a, <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel be- like if Denzel's girlfriend had a 17-year-old brother who had some problems, he wouldn't be like, this piece of shit is hopeless. <laughs> yep. Basically, like, yeah, this ch- this literal child who lives with me is a garbage piece of shit criminal with no future and mm-hmm. who's uh, human trash. Yeah, that's the I first like time think- we see him, right? Like, and yeah. that's, I think, <laughs> it's kind of what you're saying. Like, we're already, like, having this glimpse at this man who like you said like has a so literal charming. child so with issues yeah. at home yeah and they i thought it was the ta- he's talking it's his so he's talking it start. it opens he's on the phone with his yeah. hot his, his hot uh, girlfriend. girlfriend his hot girlfriend who's who also, also big daddy. yeah and yeah. they're so horny yeah, they, they talk s- about like cuffs and guns and it's, yeah they love that shit well, we don't kink shame that's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like horny for each other as cops, also. Yeah. Yeah, they it's, are. Yeah. It's like, which is like, 
I otherwise would actually have some like I wish this I wish the girlfriend was more of a character, but I'm like she is a cop who's horny about being a cop and fucking a cop. So I will allow this. Like I will allow this. Is that a thing? I don't know that. I don't, I don't know any police officers. Actually, I I knew one sort of. Yeah. Vaguely. Okay. I've heard yeah, of one. maybe like it's not in good form to text them now or her. Or well, or no, them I don't. Be they like, don't. They aren't gonna. Like, they're. Yeah, no. I don't have access to like. I don't have access. <laughs> hey, remember me? Uh, so I have a question. Are hi? I'm married to your third cousin. Uh, yeah, the 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 communist who you yell at on Facebook. Um, yeah, I was wondering. Remember when you were a cop? Did you? Were there any other cops who were horny about cop stuff? Like that's not gonna work. Yeah, I know. Sorry, sorry to talk about sex with you. I know you are deeply evangelical, but uh, <laughs> put that aside for a second. I know you have a lot of kids, so you do have sex. Uh, no, that's not good. It's happened at least six times or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Were there cuffs involved? This could like be totally a bonus <laughs> right? episode. But they're like so horny. He's at work. He's literally there with his partner, like sitting mm-hmm. at a table right across from him and doing like, yeah, basically like, uh, what's what he say? Big Willie and the twins is what he calls. Yeah. It's like so. He calls his, yeah, his penis and, like, oh, and his and testicles. Like, it's, or, like, and it's Denzel, so he's so handsome and so charming, and the, mm-hmm. the amount of, like, thick they need to lay it on for it to mm-hmm. convey to me that I'm not supposed to, like, be behind this dude <laughs> is honestly, and the fact that, like, it takes repeat viewings for me to, for me, for it to register, like, oh, I'm not supposed to be, I'm not supposed to sympathize, I'm not supposed to, like, find him wholly sympathetic. Yeah. But it's that's Denzel, like, it's so hard not to, right? That, I, that's my like, fundamental issue with this movie. And that's why he plays villains successfully, right? Yeah. He ropes you in. Yeah, but yeah. it's like you. But like, if you're, I don't know. That's like mm-hmm. watching it again. I'm like, oh, this guy's an immediate scumbag. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I'm just like, oh, he's just horny in a weird way. But there are little signs, especially about that. Like, uh, talking about he later talks about her wanting to marry him or or something like that but yeah that's it's like this it's like more of this like charming scumbag thing yeah of like you know oh i got this you know my girlfriend's brother and we can't get a place but unless we get married it's like very like mm-hmm. you know miss like kind of comfortably misogynist mm-hmm. and there's a lot that of this sense. like kind of comfortable like casual bigotry stuff and oh, like yeah. mm-hmm. very casual misogyny yeah, and like where it's cops yeah. talking to cops and the way cops talk to other cops is really mm-hmm. different than the way they talk to anybody else in this yeah. movie um yeah. and and yeah i think that's all it's the way that they do it is just really subtle yeah um so i don't know like so again i'm so excited about the heist stuff Mm-hmm. When I'm first watching this, that I don't pick necessarily pick up on, these, on like, subtlety because yeah. I'm, yeah. But Actually, anyway, sorry. I think the movie is deeply ambivalent about Denzel's character. Okay. I think in different it, sections of the movie, it wants different, to sections, different yeah. things about him, and I guess yeah. it's just the way that things end, which I won't spoil, is why I think there. I have. I take issue with some of his portrayal. Yeah, <laughs> they, okay. it takes some twists and turns, right? You, you yeah. think. He's going some way and then he goes another, which yeah. um, is a positive way, technically. But we'll get to it. Yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. we're still at the precinct where there's banter. By the way, a lot of banter throughout the so movie. Lots of banter. Uh, yeah. Lots of banter. One of the 
strong points uh, of the the piece, and he is sent to the scene of the heist along with uh, the guy who plays Mike Terry. That's sorry, that's how what he's going to be for the rest of this episode, uh, <laughs> which is unfortunate. He's a great actor, and I'm sorry, Mike Mike Terry happened to him. Um, oh, and God. we, Chiwetel, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're so sorry. sorry What's his character's about a, name? A bad movie. It's really Chiwetel. We're so sorry. That you were this MMA movie. <laughs> like this, it happened in your life, and I'm sorry, yeah. but unfortunately, we have to address the facts. Um, we're then introduced to Christopher Plummer, who we found, find out is the big bank guy and the uh, owner or the person in charge. Later, they tell his specific. Uh, position, I guess, but chairman of the board of directors. Yeah, the guy who's in charge of the uh, bank that's being robbed, and then we are back into the bank where the heist is happening. We find out we have a lady heister, which yes. I always appreciate. Yes. Um. Later, I feel like they do her a disservice. We'll talk about they it do. too because they do her yeah. several disservices. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, at first I was like, you know, that's awesome. Like break that glass ceiling, girl, and then it's like, <laughs> no, you're you're, you're <laughs> like, mm. okay. Well, we'll get to it. And then it seems it's clear that we don't have a simple robbery, right? Because what we found out from uh, Point Break is that in a robbery, things need to happen quickly, right? For a bank robbery to be successful, you need to be in and out. Like, you can't waste too much time. You know, banks are insured. We kind of, like, feel like it's best for everyone for the situation to resolve itself quickly. But it's clear for us that right away that this is not your average heist. This is a cool heist, Things are are more much more complicated than that, and they line up the the hostages, and we have to me what is one of the most interesting scenes of the movie, mm. where yeah they're under there at the bank and they're lining up the hostages and uh, Clive Owen. Oh my God, I will learn to say the characters' names eventually. I Dalton, promise. I think Dalton. You're right, Dalton. Head He's- robbery man. <laughs> robbery, yeah. king of the thieves. Where the robbery, robbery in charge. <laughs> the mastermind. Uh, the mastermind. That's that's the best word I think when we're talking about heist, right? The mastermind of it all is asserting his dominance by, uh, you know, rounding up the cell phones, showing that Peter Hammond guy, a hostage slash bank worker, that he's not to be messed with. He won't be fooled. If you have a phone and it played Skull Digger as the ringtone, because that <laughs> <So> was <laughs> such a funny reveal. Yeah. It was the whole thing with the cell phones and like the bank employee who's like trying to be a hero. It's amazing. And, that and whole scene the, is so good. The intensity of him going through, and it's all these like great flip flip, flip like mid 2000s flip phones. He's mm-hmm. going through trying to find a bank employee who has this dude's number. Yeah, because and uh, finally. Sorry for our listeners who might be confused. Well, watch the movie, but like if you haven't and you're listening anyway, <laughs> they Peter Hammond tries to uh, conceal the fact that he has a cell phone. But, you know, Mr. Mastermind is too smart for that. And that's him <laughs> trying to figure out whether Hammond is really telling the truth. But sorry, I'll be your say. It's no, it's fine. It's just so good. And he's looking at, at the guy, at, P- at the, the Peter Hammond character, like, and they both, and like they both know he's fucked. Mm-hmm. but he's like trying he's just trying to maintain he's like maybe he won't find maybe he'll give up um and then like of course he finds the phone 
the that has Hammond in the in the address book. And like it's so intense and so like it's so tense and he's like he's like yeah, well the, like he he says I'm gonna kill you if you have a phone. Um and then he like hits click and just like Kanye West Gold Digger Please. not edited for radio. <laughs> yeah. Uh but just like on this like just like dorky looking white uh <laughs> banker <Bank> phone. <laughs> and it's like and also I don't just that song was like everywhere at that it was point. ubiquitous it was like it would play american boy on the phones of girls and gold digger in the phones of <laughs> yes, yes. man i kind of feel like that was yeah and it's like if you're yo- if you're too young to remember like song ringtones and like picking a pop song to be your ringtone it was like a whole thing like american boy for girls and gold digger for boys is like a perfect description for Yonda. <laughs> because yeah it's like what song you picked like i think i had a pavement song on my phone like i was that like i paid 99 cents for I, I was in high school I'm like that's so embarrassing that's cool <laughs> i had the terminator uh two theme oh my god now yeah, yeah, but that's that was, so I think, cool. a little later, which makes it more embarrassing because I don't no, think I had so to pay cool. for it. I think I, having to pay for it like justifies it. No, it that like... makes it so much more embarrassing. But <laughs> in, in like yeah, 2004, like... I definitely had like an off key tainted love. Like, I, I, oh, I, I that's did. That's amazing. I did. <laughs> Remember, and now we're like, we will murder our phone if it makes a sound. Right? It's yeah. <laughs> and we paid and money for this. <laughs> beautiful. It's so I, cool. It's such a such Honestly, a nice little detail, though, in that scene. It's I such think. a good detail, and it's such like a I don't know. It brings me. I think actually a lot of this movie doesn't feel dated, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. just in terms of like the heist itself, yeah. and like. Uh, but the things that make it, there are things that don't necessarily make it feel dated, but place it historically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In the context, <laughs> and like, there's all these like weird like support our troops posters in the background, and like. Mm-hmm. Things like that that are very feel very t- mid two thousands and the uh, the fake GTA game that the kid plays, yep. oh, yes. which is amazing. That's and then like this detail. ringtone, it's oh. like, yeah, it's that that is the best scene, honestly. The little kid, yeah. Uh, but that, yeah, there's a kid in the heist, dear listener. There's a kid, but don't worry, nothing bad happens to the kid. The kid, in fact, seems to be having a blast. Probably missed school. Yeah. <laughs> Got to play. <laughs> GTA and eat pizza. I'm sure the kid is fine. Uh, and another little bit of the the hostage scene, and we'll move on because we could talk about it forever. Honestly, this is just such so rich in details. But <laughs> the they tell people to strip so that they can uh, wear the outfits, which ends up being a very big part of the the movie because everybody uh, heisters and heisties included. They're all wearing the same things. And that yeah, the is the painter can, jumpsuits and masks. And masks. So you can see how that could be a problem uh, for a police person trying to decipher what's happening. But they tell people to strip, and there's this old lady who refuses. And the Miriam. scene is like Miriam, Miriam is the MVP. She's amazing. Yeah. And she refuses to take off her clothes. And it's a tense scene. You're kind of like sad for her. And then she tells the, the heister mastermind. Go ahead, make my day. Yeah, that is it's so good. It's, it's beautiful. so cool. Like, Miriam, Miriam, you're a wild woman, and I love it. Because <laughs> oh by God. then we don't even know, right? That they're Holy shit. Oh shit! All right, read Paul, it. Somebody read thank this. Thank you, Paul. Amazing. Okay, we just have a note from Paul. 
our wonderful producer who says the scene in which uh no, no which one, one do we want me Marcia to read? Jean Kurtz plays a bank robbery hostage named Miriam in this movie. Mm-hmm. Over 30 years earlier, she had also played a bank robbery hostage named Miriam in Dog Day Afternoon. <gasps> That's amazing. That is so fucking cool. Good she is her. so yeah. well done, Marcia. And she excels. Yes. Honestly, if I, scene. Yeah. if I ever get stuck in a bank robbery, I just hope Miriam is there. I hope she's alive. I don't know. I might be making assumptions. Uh, but good on you, Marsha Jean Kurtz, because you really stole that scene and made it your own. And the stakes at that point seemed high, right? Because we don't really know what these guys are about. Um, yeah. Clive Owen really beat the hell out of him and didn't kill him, but gave taught him a lesson there was for having the phone. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a and they and the whole scene plays out behind like a a, a glass where you can see the whole thing, which I also think thought was like a really a cool little touch. Yeah. But we understand that this is not a not your average uh robbery. And uh we start from there too to get the little scenes, the little inserts of the future, what we understand to be the future, where hostages are being interviewed um by Denzel and sorry, Mike Terry, Mike Terry. Detective Bill. Detective Bill, thank Show you. Show all, aka Detective Bill. Detective yeah. Bill. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh Detective Bill, and we understand, and they're being treated like with some hostility. So we understand that something went down there where everybody kind of becomes a suspect. And we also have another character introduction, which I find particularly amazing. It's the character of Miss White, played by Jodie Foster. And we don't know exactly what it is that she does. (laughs) She just seems very powerful and very shady. And I love that for her. In this like beautiful, modern office, apartment house that is very tastefully (laughs) decorated with modern art and different like uh what people call like ethnic art aka like Mm. souvenirs of imperialism yeah Um, which i think is like which i didn't notice until this time where it's like like oh there's like you know a beautiful modern painting and a buddha and like something that looks like a sub-saharan african like sculpture Mm -hmm. and like just all these different i don't know i the way this movie like i think what i like the most about this is the way this movie talks about wealth and money Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. where money comes from and where power comes from yes um and i think it does like inside man is not a perfect film but i really prickle when people say it's like an it's spikely not being political because there's so it's, oh, it yeah. feels like such an indictment of like american capitalism and western like and just like the way our financial systems exist and the way power exists here mm-hmm. and yeah so i jody foster in this movie power, like especially in the whitewashing of yeah. power absolutely yeah, yeah we because we understand right away that whatever it is that she does right involves some invisible currency that is influence. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And also that she has perfect hair. <laughs> Very yes. important. Um, and the way that she's introduced, she's negotiating with somebody we later find out is Bin Laden's nephew. Yep. Um, so there's that. He's property and- <laughs> on Fifth Avenue. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Which yep. is like, also, again, hit, must have hit very differently in 2005. 
Mm-hmm. Or 2006 than it does now, yeah. where Bin Laden's niece mm-hmm. is a MAGA fucking celebrity. Yep. yep. Which yeah. I just, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And we, the Sorry. reason why Miss White is there in the situation is that uh, Mr. Case, the uh, Christopher Plummer's character, the powerful bank owner, um, needs, has something very valuable and very mysterious a box that is inside that bank. And he needs her help to either get it or destroy it to keep anybody else from seeing it. It's that important. It will ruin lives. We don't know what is in there. We just know that it's of vital importance. And um, we're back to the bank after that. And that's one of the, to me, one of the toughest uh, scenes to watch. And I'm, and obviously, my beautiful co-host, feel free to interrupt if I'm skipping over something that you found important. This no, no, is me looking good. at my script from two days ago and my memory doesn't work so it might as well <laughs> might as well have been two years ago but i i remember one scene that really stuck with me was the one that was next um where they there is a they remove the the sick bank workers um uh, from he's he was one of the hostages he, yeah he's, and he's, he's out. Sent out he's sent, he's out, sent with out a yeah a drawer that they put demands on they wrote demands yeah. On the drawer, and they send him out, you know, blindfolded and and you know, covered in all sorts Hands of stuff. Tied everything yeah. else, but he has a turban, so you can see how that was received by the cops on the other end. And it's kind of a, it's a kind of a shocking scene, especially now. I don't know how it hit them, but like because they just rip his turban off, they won't let him have it back. They beat him up. Like, Yep. They beat him up, they rough him up, and then uh, they put him in a diner uh, to, you know, try to, this is, the 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 uniformed cops beat him up, and then later he's in the diner with the detectives, and they're trying to, um, you know, have information on the, the whole thing, and he talks about, you know, first you beat me, now you want my help, and he keeps pleading for, for his turban, and it's just a, I don't know, very, very impactful yeah. scene for me, and, and one Captain- of those things we were talking about. Yeah, sorry, Captain Gaslight. Willem Dafoe actually is is the captain here in, oh, this, yeah. in this scene I'm as like his... a racist white cop captain mm-hmm. who keeps just gaslighting him. Like that didn't happen to you. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Nobody said that. Nobody said that. I don't know what you heard, but that's not what they said. Like just gaslighting the whole time. And the two detectives are like, "No, those are the uniform cops who did that. We're detectives." Like they keep trying to like make it seem as if they're any different basically uh and that they're treating him any different even though they're just like here have coffee have a sandwich have you know tell me what i want to know like it's mm-hmm. very like it's... i think this is one of the most effective scenes in the movie for what i think yeah. the thesis of the movie is absolutely um especially just knowing spike lee and his work and what he mm-hmm. stands for and how he does weave a lot of things into most of his films like this mm-hmm. this scene is brutal and it is rough and it is very like Oh my god! Like this, this fucking sucks. Like it, it is. It's almost nice that it's like we're dropping this into your fun heist movie to show yeah. that, like, actually, this fucking sucks, and the yeah. kind of racism that anybody who you know even looked Middle Eastern or looked a certain way kind of faced mm-hmm. right after. I mean, right after nine eleven. This is a few years after, but it was still a thing. Like the the cops. The way the cops speak in this entire movie. Like I, I will just say this. I have to spend a fair amount of time around cops as an EMT. If there are accidents or if there are assaults or if there are content warning, like domestic assaults, I have to be on the scene with uh, officers. And I will say that the way that cops speak in this movie is like, 
gets at a lot of things uh, very, very, very realistically. Um, yeah. And the way okay. they talk about things. I'm not even just speaking about the straight up racism, but just the way that people talk about perps and like call people perps instead of like referring to people as human beings and mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Like it, the real like genuine us versus them kind of mentality that a mm-hmm. lot of cops do have and I think is a tremendous, you know, issue, obviously. So this scene especially, I was like, I, I kind of wanted to like watch it again and just be like, yeah, I, I see I see what's going on here. Uh, and I, it's I not even Spike that subtle, right? Because the dialogue oh, yeah, it's is not. like, yeah. <laughs> it's not, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, sorry, I'll be, go ahead. Oh, it's fine. I think it's, it's like one of the less subtle mo- um, scenes in the movie, yep. but also like, like, I would even call it like, like Edward Said Orientalist racism like specifically like if this perceived arab threat was Mm -hmm. like it's still really bad but at like in the mid-2000s yeah yeah five years later yeah i remember it being and i don't know what it was i don't know what it was like in new york but in la like where we have like massive middle we have a massive middle eastern population um Mm -hmm. it was really really bad uh it was really bad and yeah, this was several years after 9-11, but this is like the height of, you know, war in Iraq. And yep. it was it was really, 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 really shitty. And like remembering that and remembering like it actually is it's pretty subtle for that. Just like because this like it's not there's very little exaggeration, I think, that yeah. uh that that happens there. There's and yeah, just the way they are talking, the the, the diner scene is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, they and like they also they establish this uh, this character early on um, in the movie. He's in the heist. He's he's a bank employee, and he's just like he's like kind of the most level headed hostage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like he gives these he gives his keys over without being asked. Like he gets what he gets. He's seeing Point Break. <laughs> Yep, he's seen yeah. it. <laughs> or she yep, he, he pays attention to his training. Like he knows how this works, and he knows like the faster this happens, mm-hmm. the better it'll be for everyone. Like, yeah, this, absolutely. Yeah, so the, like it's immediately established that this is like a very rational guy who is able to stay clear-headed in moments of and and with a gun literally being with guns literally being pointed at him yeah um which happens twice to him yeah in this movie and which um, is a position that you understand that he has to be in right like in yeah. everyday life so yeah they, they have this conversation and Willem Dafoe is being the so worst. gross yeah and uh the two detectives are also being really yep. gross in these other ways and this guy's talking about like the you know like the racism he deals with mm-hmm. and the um, detective Frazier says in this, just the sleaziest fucking way mm-hmm. it, in this, like, well, I bet you can get a cab, which is like yep, this really like- weird mm-hmm. thing. And it's like, yeah, they're like this, this like really complex layer, like yeah. layers of shit happening there of like, yes, like, Black people have a really hard do objectively have a very hard time getting getting cabs and are and face racism from non black people of color and it's like but also he's do, like the way this character twists shit around and messes with things make it's just he's really interesting 
to me as a like I don't I see cops around a lot. I don't like spend time with cops, mm-hmm. but like the the non-white cop racism thing yep. is a like that is something that I find so baffling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In life and like yeah, I'm I'm a very white person. Um but I'm like I'm trying to be a cool white person who like doesn't call police and resists the like incredibly racist state apparatus Mm -hmm. and the like the thing with the LAPD now is the amount of like here it's like it's mostly like Latino dudes who are just massively racist um and and it's and I'm just like I'm sorry I'm really not speaking eloquently on this but no, it's a complicated because it's thing. because it's really complicated yeah. and really hard to speak eloquently on. Yeah. So I think that like what the way this movie kind of doesn't exactly talk about it, but approaches talking about it is mm-hmm. like really nuanced and really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in since they go out of their way to establish that like these t- these detectives are like humans these are real people with like who aren't just like evil monsters Mm -hmm. they have interiority they have like some sense of inner morals even if they ignore them a lot of the time Mm -hmm. um so like him playing that on this traumatized dude who's literally literally just asking for his like religious his first amendment (laughs) right for like freedom to practice religion like to be respected is like really scummy in a very slick way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which we started talking about Jodie Foster's character. And I think like the most interesting uh, relationship and the most interesting dynamic in this movie, which we'll get into in a second is her relationship uh, is uh, Miss White and uh, Detective Frazier's thing, because they are very similar in that they're both really smart, really charming yeah. They have their own inner sense of priorities mm-hmm. that aren't really shared with us as an audience. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, so I don't know. I again, these aren't things I totally picked up on the first time around or sure. even the second time, but like mm-hmm. here I just like yeah, this is this is like a I I don't blame you Danielle for wanting to watch the scene again cuz it's really effective. Yeah. It it just Sorry read for, very for real to me. Just knowing <laughs> Yeah, it did. Just knowing what New York cops are like, frankly, like it, it read very, very, it's very, very ins- real to very me. Intense. And I just said, um, as an extremely quick aside, I promise, the entire plot around um, basically being incredibly, incredibly racist towards anyone of Middle Eastern descent. Jodie Foster was in another movie around this time called Flight Plan, which had that as like half the fucking plot of that movie. So it's like a wild oh. thing to see her here. Yeah, it, Flight Plan may have been a year or two before, a year or two after, but it's like around the same time with a very, mm-hmm. very similar kind of theme to just this scene. And it's yeah. it's just fucking Hollywood, man. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. Yep. But sorry, we could we could probably move on from here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, while the cops are being very racist, meanwhile, uh, Jodie Foster is I don't know what she's being because she's shady. <laughs> and like LB <laughs> said, and I thought that was very interesting because it is we they never fully show their hands, both her and the Frasier character, and I absolutely agree. And that's why I think they take some kind of interesting turns that we didn't necessarily anticipate. But meanwhile, um, uh, Mrs. White is in t- talking to. 
a politician, I think the mayor, and she needs a big favor. And it's also a very interesting scene because they're being super polite with each other in front of everyone. And then the close, they close the door and uh, they start talking like they would normally and we understand that she has what something, some want? big, di- what, do you, <laughs> what do you want this time? Like, and she's like, oh, it's the last thing you'll never need to do for me. We understand that there is like some, she has some serious stuff on the guy. And uh, basically she wants control of the operation. And he says, uh, no. And she says, well, she gets what she wants. Okay. Hashtag girl boss. <laughs> Jodie <laughs> Foster. Truly the- gaslight gatekeep girl boss. <laughs> she's the ultimate girl boss in this movie uh for better or worse and um when she you know gets what she wants because apparently that's what happens he calls her a magnificent cunt uh, <laughs> which i just find aspirational really <laughs> imagine I think she took it as a compliment, too. Yeah, she was pretty like, yeah, thank you. Imagine, I I aspire to one day being called the Magnificent Cunt, because that absolutely means I ruined some dude's plan. And I like that for me and for Miss White, even though she's not a person we should be praising uh, too much. She's she's just interesting. Let's keep it at that. Jodie Foster, though, this performance we should be praising, because it is. Oh, yeah. That is magnificent. Yeah. Like, she yeah. is so sleazy. She just, like, she brings... Because she's such a good actress. And I feel like, again, like, speaking of flight plan, like, her talent often does not get used to its yeah full potential. Agreed. And, like, <laughs> the sleaziness, the power trip, the, like... Ch- and, again, charm. She's so... This character she's is so fucking charming. charming. And, like, funny and smart and evil. Yep. <laughs> that, like... It's just such a great combo. She's so gross. Yeah. This but whole time it just gets keeps getting time. grosser. But yeah, you just like, you get how she got here. You get how she has all these friends. You mm-hmm. get how, because it's just like, she's so magnetic. And, Imagine being yeah. able to like go around life with such confidence. Oh like I could God. never. <laughs> yeah, because you have a, you have like, uh, you're not a like moral a compass. Even more comparison. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, if I could do away with it, <laughs> if I had one request to the genie, that would probably be it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're and 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 at the the scene of the heist and the little uh, cop van. I don't know how to call it. I don't know if there's yeah. an official yeah, name for that. Yeah, little command center, I guess. Command yeah. center. Yeah, oh, that's but, a good sorry, word. Can, can I just go back to a, yeah. for a second to when they show up? This is another thing that struck me this time. Like, when they... The amount of shit that they show the cops having, the amount of, like, heavy equipment, and, like, oh, they got the SWAT team shields, and all of this stuff, and these little robots, and it's just, like... Again, like, the first few times I watched this, it never never registered to me, and this Mm -hmm. time, it, like, it struck me, because, again, I'd seen... I I don't remember exactly how they pulled off the heist, but I remembered that nothing they brought was useful, Um, (laughs) it's just like and also because i'm all i'm thinking now a lot about you know police budgets and like militarized police forces like how fucking useless all this shit is only the amazon pen was ended up being the amazon pen and the barricades (laughs) worthy for fraser right like literally you're absolutely right and then they get played in their own little game but it's just like yeah the fucking like it's so uh, and i guess it's play it's played so straight but it's so absurd. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. if you actually like, 
I, so when I was watching it, I was like focusing in on like, I think it was in- intentionally absurd. Like the way they, like the amount of tape they use yep. to like, it's really, really, really subtle. Um, but like, if you go back and just watch the scene where they actually like everyone watching this, I feel like, I wonder if I'm crazy or not. Can you please go back? <laughs> everyone listening. Can you please go back and watch the scene where like they come in and bring in all their equipment and just like tell me if I'm crazy or not? Because it seems funny. No, it's absolutely true. It, it, okay, okay. This is and this is the time when the conversations about things like body cameras and having technology will save us and blah 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 was happening. Like that mm-hmm. this is right before I worked at the ACLU, actually. And it's like okay. this is very much the time where uh, these conversations were beginning to happen about Jesus Christ, these budgets. Like, oh my, do you need a tank? Do you need these guns? Like, really? To, yeah. You know? So yeah, 100%. I think that's, you're completely right. It, it is. And it, it, it's also interesting because in every, in every like hostage type situation, I think we end up seeing that. It's never, right? It's such a delicate operation that you see that it's never useful. Like, yeah. But... Yeah, so they're they're in their little command center and they're having the like conversations and getting the demands and one of the demands is a jet and one of the very funny things is Mr. Millionaire Bankman walking in and hearing that they want a jet and say, Oh, do you want me to provide one for him? And everybody's just like <laughs> silent, staring at him, like that's not how this works, dude. That's not how literally any of this works, but he uh and he gets escorted out of the police officers uh, little command room and they try to pull a trick to send pizzas uh with the wires in the pizza box and that absolutely uh does not work and we get to see a little bit more of the interview um interrogations with the hostages slash possible heisties and what's interesting about that too is that we don't even know uh, who the people who are actually involved in it are, right? Like it gets sort of revealed throughout the movie. And I thought that yeah. was also kind of an interesting little trick yeah. to just be like, ah, oh, no, well, like, why are they grilling this guy? He obviously had nothing to do with it. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. and they gave you this hint early on. Yeah. I do. I love that. Like also that it's called inside man. Right. So, and they're interviewing mm-hmm. those people because they're like, okay, and the implication while you're watching it is like it's called Inside Man because one of the because some of the fellow you know thieves mm-hmm. are pretending to be uh you know hostages and yeah. so like which one of them is the Inside Man which one of them is the man inside that and aspect? it's this total like you're Different, just totally yeah. blindsided by that mm-hmm. and I remember being totally blindsided by that to the point where I like. It doesn't occur to me to think about like where Clive Owen is because yep. you never see him in that you you never see his interview you only you've only seen him like in the intro and then in this in in like the kind of heist stuff you haven't seen him in the yeah. future getting arrested so like yeah. what's the deal with that yeah yeah, yeah I love that and I think all of these characters like the way the these performances are I mean I know the ac- I guess the accents aren't perfect but the mm-hmm. The level of like individuality and personality in each of these interviews and with each of these people yeah. is really yes, like pitch perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's not so much that it overwhelms the whole movie, but it's enough that like they all feel like real people. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I love. And there is this woman who's like adjusts her heist suit, the hostage, to show her boobs, which I love too. 
I think that's amazing. That's something I would absolutely She broke sanction 34 double D. <laughs> I just think it's amazing. You're in the middle of a heist and you're just like, you know what? I'm going to make it a cleavage. Why not? You know what? <laughs> Might as well. And I don't say that. I mean that literally. That is absolutely something I would do. There is not an opportunity in this life that I did not take to turn a, an outfit into a cleavage. Absolutely. So I should praise her. And th- there's also the whole bit. Um, and that's also one of the most amazing parts of the movie the Albanian bit because yeah. they start picking up on something when I say that it didn't work when they planted the 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 wires to to hear what the the robbers were saying they start hearing something in a foreign language and they can't figure out what it is at first uh, somebody says I don't know what it was Russian like and then it wasn't they get somebody to translate and they're like oh that's not it and then they play the tapes to the people in the streets and then one guy in the street says it's Albanian um he can guarantee that it's Albanian because his ex-wife was Albanian and he heard enough conversations in Albanian to know <laughs> what it sounds like but he doesn't know enough to translate and then he they have him call his ex-wife whom he absolutely hates another (laughs) casually misogynistic but kind of hilarious scene because the the woman is just absolutely fantastic like she comes in yeah with a box of parking tickets and it says bag with like it's so good that she will help translate as long as they get rid of her parking tickets which so that's good. amazing that's some foresight i'm thinking i'm just, whatever i get tickets i'm just gonna save it like if i'm if one It'll day i'm needed in a heist <laughs> that will that will be useful we need an mma expert <laughs> that's right. to help us with this hostage situation puts on your like puts on your best dress uh, i'll just come, come in, in yeah with like an attitude and my previous like uh <laughs> Issues yeah, with the law so and have them solved, but and she's uh, smoking the like the fucking the long cigarette. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Which, like the details in this movie, the character details in this movie are impeccable. And I'm sorry, like I know we're we're running really long, but like that is the cigarette that character would smoke. Yep, yep. It's it's That's absolutely the exact amazing. One. And I bum cigarettes from that woman, and it's that one. <laughs> it's those fucking long ones with the white filter. Like you have, it's it's that's the one. Yep. It's like it's the same as the same as what I just said about the interviews. Like all of these care, all these like minor side characters are yeah, very are well. people, and it's like mm-hmm. there's so much shit happening in this movie, mm-hmm. and they're all these wild goose chases. Oh, sorry, yeah. you didn't even give the reveal of what of what the Albanian. Yeah, so the the Albanian audio that they have been listening to, it turns out, is a recording of a former Albanian president, <laughs> which is amazing. It's perfect. It's it it's just great. goes to show how many steps ahead the robbers are. From yeah, the cops like they're clearly they, they, on another level. They planned all of this. As a as a later quote goes, you've got everybody marching, you know, to your beat, including me. What's really going on here? Like, there's. We know at this point something else is kind of going. Yeah, this and Frazier realizes heist. it too, right? He's yeah, like, we he's think to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, we think they're we're stalling them, but we are the ones being stalled. Like he understands that they don't have the control of the situation, um, and that makes it very clear. I mean, honestly, did you really think it was going to work, everybody? Fucking the pizza boxes, but anyway, uh, <laughs> what's so great <laughs> about? Like, so the whole thing is, and we're actually running into making this, like, getting, like, they they realize at a certain point that, okay, these, 
thieves are trying to stall us. They're not trying to hurry this along. And like Fernanda said in the beginning, like you want a bank heist to be as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And they have these puzzles and these, you know, wild goose chases and these red herrings. And it's all so interesting and so entertaining. And the movie actually does this too with all these side characters and yeah. all these personalities and all this flavor. And it's so, and it's tasty. It is tasty yep, flavor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like you literally just heard us getting like, giving more time to some of these things than like the movie gave them just because it's so good and it's so juicy um which is a great misdirect and it's a great like parallel that it the misdirects of the heist are also misdirecting us as viewers so Mm -hmm. and like they're all like so we're watching them you know kind of do this we have no idea what they're doing in this heist uh at a certain point we we see them open we see clive uh clive owen I always want to call him Clive Barker. I'm sorry. There's, <laughs> Dal- there's two Clive. Dalton, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Dalton. We see Dalton. They, they open this safety deposit box and we do see what the thing is that the guy is trying to hide. You get a glimpse. Yeah. yeah. You get a glimpse of a uh, a big, like kind of an old timey Nazi document yeah. and a bunch yeah. of bags and a, a red box, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, which is a Cartier box. Um, if you're a little, if you're a little jewelry pervert. Uh, and you know, and you can recognize jewelry boxes. Not my case. Uh, well, never like been Hyam's, Hyam's nephew, right? <laughs> who, who can give you a deal, you know? So. Yeah. Um, so, so that, so that we get, but then they're like digging holes and they're looking at like, you see the, you see the vault, but then they're in this room with like office supplies and they're really excited yeah. about it. So you think they're trying to dig their way under something, but it's yeah. very confusing. Yeah. It um, does seem like, cause they hit a pipe and you, you can see that there, it does seem like you're leading toward like a tunnel, tunnel yeah. escape. And, and it, we have all these moments where people go in, like we have Jodie Foster go in, um, Miss White, sorry, and talk to, um, mess, Mr. Mastermind Clive Owen himself directly. <laughs> we have a moment when Frazier comes in and talks to, Clive Owen inside the the bank directly. It's and all of those interactions are so so much banter. I love the banter. Yeah. I'm a, so I'm a, tasty. <laughs> so much banter. But it's exactly but like do- you're saying, LB. It's so tasty, right? Like the characters themselves are also they're all giving like some kind of thing for us to work with. And I think the dialogues too, every little piece of them, they're just so interesting. It's everyone's everyone's charming, actually, yeah. in this movie. Yeah, like, no matter how big of an asshole somebody mm-hmm. is, they're all pretty much charming. Uh, except for Christopher Plummer, who comes off as very, like, kind of mild-mannered, and then it turns out, yeah. as uh, as is revealed in, yeah. this, in the yeah. great scene where Jodie Foster goes in, it's just, like, total power trip thing that she's just like, yeah, I'm that fucking cool, I'm that powerful, <laughs> I can go in and do this. Like, you can, you can smell how into it and how into her own, yeah. like... Deal she is, how much she's feeling herself. Um, it turns out that it's so this reveal actually happens kind of in the middle of the movie that, uh, the entire bank, this entire fortune, and you see his beautiful office or something with all this gorgeous wood paneling, all this wealth was built off of him doing business with the Nazis. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't remember if it's revealed in this scene or a later one that he like fucked over some of his friends. It was later. Um, yeah. When we find out later, the, like he's yeah. like awful person. Yeah. Um, and they show, you know, his office and he has all these charity awards and he specifically has a bunch of uh, charity awards from yeah. Jewish charities. Trying to appease his guilt. 
Yep. trying to appease his guilt or, you know, whitewash his thing. But yeah, that it's, it's this bank is built on literal blood money. Yeah. Um, and he has his, this safety deposit box is full of his, uh, like Nazi treasures, basically. His Nazi basically. treasure, yeah. And why did you even? Why did you even keep it? That's like, but the whole thing, the the you made it. They were friends because there is a ring, and then um, the line that he says, I saved it because I thought it was so so like powerful. He says they were because he has the ring from friends who were sent to concentration camps, and he says they were friends. I could have helped them, but the Nazis paid too well. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so you are a complete and utter piece of shit. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, but yeah, so we find out that that's what they're after, basically, uh, in midway through the movie, that there's it's not about money. It's about something else, and maybe a little bit about money, because there are diamonds in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then it's also this, like, leverage thing of, like, okay, here's this guy who's... What's worth more than the initial blood, than the initial investment of blood money? Yeah. The eventual accumulation... Of the blood money, yeah, you know, yep. sixty years later, mm-hmm. when it's an empire of banks, yeah, and just having power over that person, yeah. Um, so it's it's so it's it, the implication is like okay, it's actually a blackmail thing, but it's actually not totally the implication because he seems very disgusted, um, and there seems it, like there's maybe like you're wondering is there a personal stake here, um. She Jodie Foster actually seems also kind of grossed out, but yeah. also kind of excited because now she mm-hmm. has even more leverage over somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just yeah, it's like a, it's a scumbag parade, basically. Yeah, basically, <laughs> um, they could have changed the name from Inside Man to Scumbag Parade. <laughs> Working title. They opted against it at the last minute. Thought the language was a little strong, but uh, it was a real contender. <laughs> yeah, and. and <laughs> Uh, and there is also a moment where there's like a fake execution um, inside the the place, and even that, oh, right? Yeah. You can see that, yeah, they fake an execution, which they use to sort of take Frazier out of the situation and uh, make uh, Willem Dafoe's character. Which to me, I'm still baffled as to why Willem Dafoe would ever take that role. It makes absolutely no sense in my mind. But it's a good script. <laughs> yeah, he loves the movie. It could yeah. be probably right. Like I, I like mean, this. The Green Goblin at the same right? time period. Like sure. it's. It's well, he loved to like movies. Oh, uh, Paul okay. says that according to Spike Lee, him uh, and uh, Willem Dafoe met in the men's room during the intermission of the play Julius Caesar, uh, in which Denzel appeared as they were standing side by side. Spike said we should work together, and Dafoe replied, "Yes, Spike, we should." <laughs> and then and Spike now, said, <laughs> "That's an explanation." Agreement right there. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. That actually adds up. That yeah, tracks. It that totally uh, checks out. Yep. Um, anyway, they, they find out that uh, the cops and the detectives find out that they were actually the ones who were bugged. The heisters knew everything that they were up to. So when they decide to finally go in the bank, uh, the heister, I don't even know if heister is a word. I've been saying it throughout it's, just because I think fine. it's good. Heister is good. It's <laughs> yeah. a new word. But they yeah. are. <laughs> the scene where they're kind of planning this out, though, mm-hmm. Um they're kind of fantasizing where all the cops are fantasizing about going in with their guns and killing all the bad guys yeah. is like, yeah. I don't know. I think it's like, I think it's a really well done scene of like, like it's where it's like this very action movie, very slick, like, yeah, we're going to go in and get the bad guys. Yeah. And 
and just shoot. It's just like, and it's again, it's not like overly done. Um, but there's this ending, like it ends with them all like shooting uh, Clive Owen, who's like has just has a revolver and is in the mm-hmm. vault with all the money, and they yeah. shoot him a million times, and the money's flying everywhere, and there's blood everywhere, and then and they're all just kind of like. Like but done in really a really subtle way where it's yeah. like this that scene could have easily been in another action movie yeah. As, yeah. as like as just a scene of like cool cops yeah. and then it's uh, like let's just use the rubber bullets yeah that makes sense it is absolutely and and now that you're mentioning i hadn't seen it at the time as a fantasy like i kind of had seen it as just like a an illustration and then now i absolutely make sense that this was kind of like a fantasy um we're really stopping this heist on its tracks type of situation. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And where they're, you know, and then there's the hostages and they're only getting the bad guys. But yeah. They're like, Oh, we could maybe, we got to be careful about, I don't know. It's just, it's good. It's about getting the other. Again, it's subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like we don't care about killing them, but maybe we might accidentally kill a non perp and then God forbid. Yeah. Um, the paperwork, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Like won't even make it, back to time for dinner but they actually eventually go in the bank but only after the conclude sort of the, the conclusion of the plan they release all of these hostages along with non-hostages who are all dressed the same and they're all going out um to the streets and they're being met with rubber bullets because the cops are frazzled and have no idea what they're doing for a little bit until will and the foe tells them to cease fire and they go into the bank and start looking uh for the actual criminals at the same time and they can't find anybody there, obviously. They they kind of all left, we think, but we don't know. We don't, like uh, we talked about earlier, we don't see um, uh, the character of Clive Owen walking out, Dalton walking out, so we don't know what happened to him. Um, and they realize there's no money missing. Uh, they realize... Hurt. Nobody was killed. Nobody was killed. Nobody was hurt. The execution was fake. They used a, f- a fake little blood. Uh, Didn't even have real guns. It was they, all toys. They, toy it guns. was all toy guns. So it's like, as they're trying to investigate, they're coming up against a bunch of dead ends because the the people who are being interviewed kind of like absolve each other and they realize it's kind of a dead end. And uh, Frazier is told to, you know, bury it, basically. Yeah. And uh, he's offered a fast track actually in his career uh, in order to, to let things go. And that's when we have the big reveal that we talked about, about the, what was actually in the box. Like we knew it was Nazi stuff, but that's when um, case reveals everything that was in there, including the rings, uh, the ring that belonged to his friends. And uh, the whole thing ends with that. At one point there was an inter uh, like a little exchange between Frazier and Dalton in which they, uh, he, uh, Frazier asked Dalton, like, where, how are you coming out of here? And Dalton says, through the front door. And <laughs> lo and behold, I'll be damned. That's exactly <laughs> how he walks out of the bank. We find out that he had been hiding behind a fake wall this entire time. It's he so stayed a good. week <laughs> behind that fake wall inside the bank. Push ups. Yep. Doing push-ups, hanging out. That was the in little... In the supply room. Yeah, yep. the office. And that's why they look at this, because there's this part where they look at this big shelf of printer mm-hmm. paper, and they're like, perfect. Like, nobody's going to look hole. here. Nobody cares about this. Yep. <laughs> and they're digging the hole, and they're like, oh, they're going to tunnel. And somebody says, like, no, that's a beautiful, like, sewer hole. And they're like, oh, okay, they're digging into the sewer. It's like, no. 
that's a hole for him to shit in because he's going to yep. be in there for a week. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's going to poop in that hole. It's great. I like that they, they thought about it, though, to put it's a hole. It's so good. And it's such like, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. like a great combo of being like very thorough and detailed, but also misdirection. Yeah. Which I just, I love. I love that. Um, I love that he was in there saying, the entire I time. It's like, I'm in a cell. He's in there the whole fucking time. Yeah, he it's says, just, I'm in a so small tasty. room. But it is in a it's cell. It's, it's amazing and much more entertaining than him have, having come out of a tunnel, right? Right. And there it, is, there's also like, there's a throwaway line because uh, Detective Frazier is just kind of talking shit the whole time about marriage, women, girlfriends, mm-hmm. um, where he kind of, you know, he does that throwing like, oh, don't get me started on. Don't say proposal to me. You, my girlfriend's on my case. Who can afford yeah. a diamond on these salaries? And th- at the same time that uh, the two detectives are going into the bank to open the safety deposit box, because again, there's like he's looking through the records, trying to figure out what could have been possibly been stolen. Um, because he's too smart. Jodie Foster has a line earlier where she's like, "You're too smart to be a cop." Mm-hmm. And he is too, like, he's too curious, I guess, to let this go. Yeah. And, and he has, he finds a diamond in his pocket and he realizes. They, yeah, they bumped that into it was each other. Dalton, they bumped into each other That's as Dalton great. walked out of the bank and he left a diamond there. So he's, I think that too was kind of a provocation to him, right? To sort of. It's a fun, that's a fun yeah. thing that they don't, they, that's like the last thing you see yeah. um, is that revealed. But the Dalton, so Dalton leaves the Cartier ring with this, the note, this is follow the ring and like some gum because he's offered some gum. It's just like all every, it's all these things getting paid off really nicely. Yeah. It's filmmaking. Yeah. It's, you know, you, like you really do love to see it. This is what I love mm-hmm. to see. I kept getting up and getting snacks and being like, filmmaking. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really obnoxious watching this. Yeah, but that's, um, we had to stop it halfway through. And I was like, just, I couldn't wait to be back and finish it. Like, I need to get to the bottom of this. And this is it. Just for the purposes of closure. Yeah, like um, it ends with with basically Dalton walking out of the bank. Um Going in a car, kissing the lady heister, which I didn't like because I felt like it meant it implied that lady heister was doing it because of a relationship right. and not because she's a heister. And I think that's a disservice to lady heisters everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Frazier didn't, despite the benefits that it could have given his career, he didn't awfully let the whole thing go. So that's but he I feel plays like, it really he well. Yeah, he, he plays it really hero. well, though. Still he a vanity really thing, right? Well. It's yeah. because it's also about power and about how like power adjusts. Mm-hmm. So Jodie Foster is perfectly content to help this Nazi war criminal guy or this collaborator guy get away with it forever. Yeah. Um, but when she gets outsmarted by this detective, who br- he brings the ring, shows up, at, interrupts her and the mayor at lunch. Gives gives them the like you know uh, war crimes Washington D.C. thing and it's basically like you're you're like this guy's fucked. Her immediate thing is like, how'd you like to be on the New York uh, on the front page of the New York Times? Like, okay, I'm adjusting. Like that guy's out. You're in. Uh, <laughs> you're a hero. We're just like it, she's not. Uh, there's no skin off of her back. He still has the. He still got all the benefits from doing the deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were just out Fox. It's great. It's and it's still like, yeah, he goes after the the war criminal, but it seems like it's a combination of like 
he hates people who aren't cops. Nazi. Everyone does hate Nazis. That's true. (laughs) But. 2021 debatable. But at the time. Yeah. (laughs) Fair. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. Good point. Um, Yeah. It's I don't know. It's. It's a, it's dubious. It's kind of like what um, Danielle was saying about yeah. the character, and I feel like the yeah. end kind of gives us that too. It's yeah. kind of an um, ambiguous character. I love that it ends with him going to his uh, girlfriend, fiance. Finally, finally, lady. Finally, he's gonna have that <laughs> dumb cop sex. <laughs> that, this is my only truly my Cuffs only included. issue. My only issue with the movie, honestly, I do again. I do really like this movie. Mm-hmm. It is yeah, that. It is that it is framing these detectives as being, like, way better than the beat cops. Like, the beat cops are just disgusting racist pigs. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. No problem. (laughs) Good. We're good. We're solid. But it's framing the detectives as being, while they were fooled multiple times, they're still hyper-competent. They get their man, you know, Mm. kind of thing. They get to win. They get to fuck the girl at the end. They get to have the diamond. Like, he gets to have everything. And it's like, in real life, bro... Detectives do some nasty, awful fucking shit. But he does do nasty, awful shit. Yeah, he does. And he's he goes back to like. He's smarter. He's kind just of really like smart. A, yeah. And he goes back to like his small apartment and the brother is still there. Like the white. So I think that's why yeah, I'm kind of like. He's got that diamond. He's got that promotion. His, yeah, his we'll life see. is on the up and up. Like, <laughs> that is true. It's also that Denzel. Honest to God, a huge part of it is that it's Denzel, who is the most charming man who's ever lived. Yeah. He's fucking, yeah. he's beautiful, he's gorgeous. Everything he says is, like, just liquid gold coming out of his yeah. mouth. You know what I'm saying? Like, detectives, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't it. You know what I mean? That's, that's all. That's, I, and I, I can just spend I'm my disbelief thinking... forever. I'm just saying that, yeah. like, this movie does hate cops, except for if they're Denzel the detective. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there is, there is yeah. a little bit of having your cake and eating it, too, here, I think. That is the only thing that is clouding the politics. Because otherwise, I think okay. the politics the politics of this movie are super clear and awesome and very good. Anybody who thinks Spike Lee made a movie that wasn't political is fucking not watching the movie at all. So I'm like, I'm 98% with you, LB. I just think this ending gives him like everything he ever wanted. And it's like, all right. I guess if we're talking like Spike Lee gaze on Denzel, like this (laughs) is like, if we're talking about like how Spike Lee shoots and portrays a Denzel Mm -hmm. character, this is a fucking piece of shit scumbag. <laughs> right, but he still gets everything he wants. Like, but he's that's, very happy. But yeah, but like that's not that's how power works. Power is gross. Money's gross. It's gross. I think it has a more complicated view of. I of think it has. Character. I think it's a complicated feeling and a complicated view. And he's human, and like has and, and has complex interiority. And you're supposed to have. It's like it's supposed to, like I, I mentioned, you know, it feels very neo noir to me in like a true. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm watching a film noir and then I'm watching a protagonist kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And I it's. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. And it may just be like how I. Yeah. And it, it may just be my reading. But my reading of this is like. Yeah. This is not. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm it's it's like I'm glad that we it's, I'm glad that we interpret it differently. But yeah, yeah. I, I think we're interpreting. I think we can, mostly we can all same. agree that money sucks and money corrupts money and, and we hate bad. money. Unless yeah. people want to give us money, then we'll take it. Germany, <laughs> I want my family's money back. This made me like, where's my shit? Right. <laughs> where's my stuff? I want it. I yeah. think that's a good point for us to end our conversation <laughs> today. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I 
<laughs> very fruitful one. It was a movie with a lot to unpack and a lot yes. of little nuggets that I'm glad we got a chance to really uh, sink our teeth and to always wanted to say that. I, I th think that always sounds very, um, very TV like when you say <laughs> that, but yeah. And that's been it. Anything else? Any of my beautiful co-hosts want to add or are we good? No, I'm, I'm good. That was great. <laughs> I love talking to you about movies. You're the best. Yes, I love talking movies with you. And thankfully, we get to do that every week. And we get to do yeah. that next week as You Love to Steal It continues with Castle of Cagliostro. Ooh, I don't even know what that is, but I'm excited. And uh, yes, that is all for this week. We hope you all enjoyed our cinematic journey with us. Be sure to rate and review our podcast. Tell a friend. Uh, just go on Twitter. Tell us that you love us. We'll take that too. Um, <laughs> listen to all of our stuff at fanbyte.com uh, uh, slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at fanbytemedia. If you want to follow, though, uh, Danielle on social media, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at Danielle R.I. And LB. On Twitter, Hunk Tears. On Letterboxd is Hunk Tears, where I'm trying to be more active. Okay, <laughs> I am on Twitter at Nanda Prates, Nanda P-R-A-T-E-S underscore. And we're also on Instagram at, at Fanbyte. We're on TikTok on, at Fanbyte. And of course, on Fanbyte.com. And you can watch our streams on twitch.tv slash Fanbyte. Thank you to Polly Dolly Shot Tamayo for producing us today. Thank you again to my co-host. Thank you all at home for listening. Thank you, Denzel, for having such a luminous smile. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see you all next week. Until then, you'll love to see it. <laughs>